0: Welcome to the Uncomfortable Conversations podcast, the untold stories of the 3HO Kundalini Yoga community. I'm your host, Guru Nishan, and I was born and raised in 3HO. And like many of you, I care so much for the people of our community that have come in and out of our community over the years. And so I started this podcast to really address a lot of the complexity that we've faced over the last year or so. And I have several intentions that I read at the beginning of every episode. I encourage you to listen to them and to share this podcast with someone who has not yet been a part of it. Number one, to break the veil of silence that has long permeated and continues to strangle the 3HO kundalini yoga community in the name of neutrality. Number two, to validate and help clarify the complex feelings of those who have joined this lifestyle, were born and raised into it, and or who have practiced or taught kundalini yoga. Number three, to encourage active listening to uncomfortable conversations from our community as a revolutionary act of self and collective healing. Number four, To let survivors know that we see them, we believe them, we love them, and we will fight for their truth to be addressed. Number five, to let teachers who are denying, gaslighting, or spiritually bypassing know that what they are doing is willfully ignorant and re-traumatizing victims. Number six. To illuminate the inherent racism, homophobia, cultural appropriation, and exploitation that perpetuates the teachings, 3HO lifestyle, and the overall community ethos. Number seven, to stop the perpetuation of gaslighting and victim shaming by naming it for what it is. Number eight, To dismantle internalized shame, guilt, toxic positivity, and light washing mentality. Number nine, to honor each and every body that has come through our community, both named and unnamed. And number 11, to encourage people to do their own research, process their own emotions, Get therapy, somatic therapy, and other therapy and support as needed to draw your own conclusions and to be critical thinkers rather than to just blindly follow anyone. Please remember that your story matters. Please share it when you're ready. We're here to listen and to support you. Today's guest I want to welcome is Tudankar. Her birth and original name was Alice, and she started practicing kundalini yoga in 2014 in her late 20s by following the guidance on 3HO's website on kriyas, meditations, and practicing doing many 40-day practices with them. Through this, she quit drinking alcohol and focused on getting on the mat every day rather than nursing a hangover. Alice continued to practice kundalini yoga with teachers on YouTube, and at the end of 2016, after switching to healthcare and doing Radiant Body Kriya for for 40 days, she realized the reality of her destructive relationship that she was in with a partner of 9 years, and she left and returned home. Alice went to kundalini yoga level 1 teacher training at Sahej in the UK with Hari Harkar and Satsiri Singh in 2017. She followed the call to finally teach yoga after years of practice, practicing many different styles, such as Hatha in her teens, Bikram in her 20s. And here is where she got given her kundalini name, Ajit Amrit Amritakar. Through the teacher training, Alice Ajit fell in love with Sikh Dharma and went to Khalsa camp to discover its depth. Alice Ajit went on to learn and embrace Sikhi from more Sikh camps, was blessed with Amrit in 2018 and given the name Tuttan Kar. Then legally she changed it to Tarin Jeet Kar to honor her Kundalini background, but ironically, she has always shortened it to Tudan. Tuddin, now thirty-one, is navigating married life, mother do uh, mother to one daughter named Satnam Kar Evi. And she ditched kundalini yoga in 2020 and continues rising early to meditate, is studying to be a therapist, and makes art in her free time. I want to welcome Tarin to the podcast today. Thank you for being here.
1: Hello. Thank you. Hello.
0: What a pleasure. Thank you for reaching out and being willing to come and share your story. Yeah. Great. Uh, let, me, uh, let us let the listeners know what makes you feel like you're wanting to share your story
1: um i think uh after hearing your podcast and also i know it's quite early since it's happened but there was a big yoga teacher in the u.s uh guru jagat who passed and i was watching the feed of um them talking about it and it was a very sensitive time and then they just jumped into a kriya and i get that maybe it's a yoga yogi way of life but at the same time it brought me back to when i was grieving and i just jumped into a career instead Mm. of processing and i really felt for the students and part of me went oh my god it's happening again like to so many people um because it's a very sensitive time when you're grieving
0: Mm. yeah thank you for that i think that's um really potent reflection
1: yeah and um Obviously, since um, the Premka book came out, like a lot of changes have been happening from then, because that was one blessing, really great blessing.
0: Mm. You mean her book being published and all that coming forth?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to get to the point where you tell us what happened when you read that book, but I would really love for us to get the history, obviously, we just heard a little bit about your narrative. Um, But where would you like to start? in terms of sharing? Uh,
1: yeah, I could start from like the beginning. Um, so uh, like I said, I was I did Hatha in my teens and then I did Bikram in my twenties. And then I only stopped Bikram when um, like the heating system broke and I got hit by a car and I was like, can't do any yoga for a few weeks. So I read a book on Kundalini. It was literally just Kundalini. It wasn't anything else. And I just thought, oh, I think there might be some yoga to do with this thing. So I started doing yoga YouTube videos and just feeling really like upbeat and happy. And, um, and then I realized that I could do it more through 3HO. It had loads of like um, mantra translations and um, Kriyas and meditation. So I just kept doing that. And like I said, I made a lot of changes. Like I, instead of going out drinking and wearing like loads of makeup and stuff like that, I just decided to like use that morning time to do yoga. Um, I had a creative space where I made art and I just rolled out the mat in there and then from that I kind of went all in I went backwards to how people usually do it Um, so I went to Kundalini Festival in the UK had it it was a really great experience that year Um, that year happened to be basics of Siki there Um, and like I could have chosen a dance class but I happened to travel with um, two people and one of them was like um, a practicing Sikh called Nanak and he was like you could try the maybe go to this thing so I went and learned from them um also there was an amazing teacher there called Carolyn Cohen and I didn't go to her class but she had a completely different energy and style because her hair was so short and she was just so like I remember her staring at me and I was I didn't know I don't know what was happening like and I really think ah uh, like everyone was raving about her class and she was just so much of a non-conforming person and I think now I think what would have happened if I went to her class anyway so um and then I decided to go to white tantric and do that in London they do it for like six hours in um Kensington and then obviously I did the radiant body career um from another youtuber um she sent me like the career she was doing a free series on 10 bodies and um yeah, eventually, I think things were, I think I was moving in a different direction. But yeah, I left a really destructive relationship. And that was just, um I felt at the time, it's from having more courage, but it could have been like from um it could have been from anything but at at that time I was like it must be the kundalini yoga that's changed this but
0: Mm -hmm. um well and you had had such transformation so like to quit alcohol like to have kind of like the self and then awakening to leaving an abusive relationship like how would you not attribute it to this new practice right
1: yeah exactly yeah and um so then I went back to another kundalini festival um, in the UK, I think at that time. Um, but it was like, it was very different and it was less of the other, the first one had like a Siki kind of, everyone was making foods and it was more like a homely environment. Um, but this was like back-to-back classes and Yogi Bajan's face was on the wall and pop art. And it was a bit more like, whoa, I can see like my whole body was aching afterwards and not in a good way. Like, so in the, so when I moved home I was able to do teacher training. I really want to do that. And it cost like, 250 a month so I had a set amount of money and I did that and um, I think that's when I kind of like everything changes in teacher training because you're told to wear white you're told to cover your head more you're told to and like at that time I don't know if it's how it is now but a lot of it was like yogi bhajan quotes um, little stories that maybe I can remember and share and everything was like romanticized that's how I feel about it now. And I do think part of Kundalini yoga is quite a lot of stamina work and I'm quite a stubborn person and I like, you know, endurance. So like, I was like, I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna be on this. So yeah, so I can talk about that more, but during the break, cause we had a month we weren't doing it. Um, I went to Carl's camp because I just happened and anyone could go to it even though it was a very orthodox and beautiful camp. But um, now I think back to it, it's quite orthodox. Um, and I met a friend there who, um, we did Japji, like, because I remembered it from training. And then suddenly another prayer came up. And I was said to him afterwards, I was like, what did you read? He was like, that's Japzai. And I was like, there's more Barney? And he was like, well, yeah, there's like, 1000s of Barney. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, my God. So I realized that Kundalini Yoga just gave like a snippet of the Barney. And I really wanted to dive deeper and instead of just going, I wanted the whole thing and then ending in that, which is what it does. So, and he was also, he knew about Kundalini um, yoga and Kundalini energy. So he, I could ask him questions like about the naming thing. I was like, my name is Alice, but now I'm Amrita, and then all these people are like getting names and then like suddenly they're this new name. And he was kind of like unpacking it a bit for me and saying like, don't take it too seriously because someone's getting that donation from you. And, some people have like five names and it can just get a bit ridiculous and um I don't know he just, he's and I he's still in my life now I still talk to him and ask him complicated kundalini questions um which is great yeah I might mention him again um even and the, what
0: was this was he a? Uh, um oh Kavinda, Punjabi, yeah or was he... he's, a, he's a
1: Punjabi Sikh as well but he <laughs> knew of kundalini and kundalini yoga okay. um and back then he was like 17 and I was like 20 Seven or something. So he was like really, he's a really young wise spirit, and like a, he's like a brother to me. Um, um. But even then, I questioned like, what is the satnam? Like, I'm so confused because satnam is said so much, but it just I don't feel it. Like, because it's meant to be, truth is your identity. Uh, I am truth, but I just it just now something's up. I can't tell what it is. And he was saying there's thousands of translations. Yogi Bhajan just translated it so people could easily understand it at that time Mm. and um, it's different to how I would say it now as well if you want me to share that like quickly so um, this is uh, something called kiddie sangha and um, it's from my daughter's nursery rhymes so I now think of it in the most simplest sense um, sat meaning truth and then nam is your relationship to waiguru so the only thing that's true is waiguru
0: Mm.
1: which is a much it resonates a lot more than just blindly saying satnam to someone and greeting Mm. um so yeah I just thought I'd share that um so then I decide okay I'm going to take some classes in kundalini yoga because I've never been to one and (laughs) it's required in my training
0: because you had done all your kundalini yoga online on YouTube and you had never actually gone gone to a class
1: white, white tantric festivals everything And then the Kundini classes were so beautiful. She didn't have any pictures up. She was just in a church. I don't know how she got in a church, because it's quite strict around here, but with the songs and things, but she did. And like, there were beautiful classes. Um, And I went to some gong baths, because at that time, gong was really healing, because I had a lot of, like, I was still dealing with stuff. So um, yeah, and then I kept going to siki camps, and I did, I went uh, for Amrit. Sancha as well at, at the one point um again I think I went all in with that and I happened to go to a really orthodox one where we were like chanting the mool mantra for like six hours or something ridiculous but because of all my kundalini background I could do it obviously <laughs> like really? I was on it when people were looking at me like how is she, like how is this white lady how like so um <laughs> they probably thought I was a spy or something <laughs> like <laughs> so yeah so I kept going to camps and that's how I met my husband. We happened to meet at a reunion and I drove him in my car. That's our little story. So yeah. And then we went to the European yoga festival together. And again, I think there were things that like, like all throughout my journey, I can remember little things like being brought up, but then I didn't question it. Like a lot, a lot of times. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Can you give um, us some examples?
1: Yeah, sure. So, well, I think, um just little ones for like, um, I suppose I can go to a deeper one, like with the whole, when I was reading, and I've skipped ahead, but when I was reading like Premka, I just suddenly got all the intuitive pulls brought back to me emotionally that I'd blocked.
0: So yeah, like, along the way, you were getting intuitive, kind of like, hmm, that seems off, but not necessarily noticing it too much. So you were saying when you yeah. read the book that those flashes came to you.
1: Yeah, because I'm quite like innocent experimental, like I kind of give things a go and like just stuff like on training where, I don't know, we'd be told like the teacher would say, oh, I was at Yogi Bhajan's bedside or something. And he said, give me more money to talk to me, give me more money. And like, I was a bit like, hmm. But then she made it out like it was very cool thing. Like, and I I think it sounds ridiculous now, but I think they even relayed Sikh history back one of the gurus being part of 3HO as well. And at the time I was like, did I just, did I just hear that right? And I even looked it up and they had written about it on their, on their website somewhere.
0: Wow. I thought,
1: the dates don't match, it can't. Like fair enough if, I can't, I don't want to talk about it because I don't know all the details of Sikh history, but um, like I just thought fair enough, one of them did go into the yoga side of things rather than the guru's lineage. But I don't think you can relate it that that much. Um, and like, even when I was, so I was doing martial arts gutka. Uh, it's a Sikh martial arts. At one point, I really enjoy it. It's a Sikh. It's a self defense. Um, it's quite full on.
0: Yeah, one of my also, brothers is really great at at gutka.
1: Oh, that's amazing.
0: Goes yeah, up the a, wall, you know.
1: <laughs> I love it. It's it's intense, but I love it. Um, yeah, so. We were doing that, and even the teacher said, like, oh, yeah, we, um, I don't know if it was him or his team or something, he used to go to festivals. <laughs> Where's your phone? Or was it off my phone? Oh, no, it must be my phone. Um, he used to go to festivals like way back in the day, and like, yoga version would be like, oh, no, no, they can't, can't learn any fighting, they can't wear black, like, no fighting is allowed. Like, they were all banned from like even teaching people to like learn some skills that may be useful. And that was a bit like, hmm, I can imagine that. Do you know what you
0: mean? I, I do. I, I'm, I'm curious about the time frame of that because I don't yeah. recall of it. Like I know when he started bringing in kind of the military, somebody listening is obviously going to know the time frame because Gutka really did get introduced at some point and so did um, other sorts of military training. But I don't know what the, the time frame or how that yeah. really came forth. So it's interesting to hear this lens, which we love. Keep going
1: yeah so and also i suppose while i was like coming away from the kundalini because i i had my baby and um obviously when you have a child like life changes and i couldn't do like an hour and a half of yoga i could just about like do 15 minutes of meditation by her little crib like and that was me like oh my god i'm not gonna be able to cope and concentrate without kundalini yoga So, (laughs) so i was like you know I have to have learned to be like you know um anyway so I was teaching again in the September after she was born and planning and learning and stuff and that takes up a lot of time and I really wasn't getting anything for my learnings um my teachings or anything and I I also went out and did like an ebook because it's very easy on kindle and like put like a course on my website but as I was doing all the things and drawing I just because I draw but I felt like I was like doing his work and not, I don't, I'm not quoting the creator here. I'm quoting Yogi Bhajan. Cause I was like, I can draw, but why am I just drawing all these yoga things? And like, why is it so simple, but it's spread out like an hour and a half, two hours. Like, it's like we're spending so much of our lives doing the Kundalini yoga. It's like, it was designed to keep us in one spot doing the yoga. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let me pause you and say, were you having these awarenesses in real time when you were going through it and then just kind of pushed them aside? Or are these types of reflections that you're having now after 2020? Um, No,
1: they were happening like at the time. So I was a bit like, this is weird. Like, this is weird. But like, I put it to the side. And then thankfully, like when, so Premka came out, right? And I only found out about it from like a video of um, Skylife on YouTube. So so I, um, even in like the whatsapp group of our teachers that we were learn together I was like is someone anyone and a lot of them would like deny it and didn't want to read it at all and I was just like oh and I was at that point like do I, do I read it do I do I do I break that and I was like I'm a reader I love reading I have to read this book so I read it and then obviously we say oh, there's only one woman's story, but then you you dive deeper and there's more people. You can't deny that there's more people. We can't say that she just did that because she wanted money or you can't, because there's more people. So I read that and I remember like the night I, I read that and I was at Gutka and found out maybe there's this COVID thing happening around the world. Meh, yeah, maybe not. So I had I could not concentrate. And then <laughs> COVID happened and I, I fell down the stairs with my daughter. And one of my first thoughts, I kid you not, was no more body drops. How am I going to do my body drops? (laughs) I was like, this is insane. (laughs) Wow. But similar to like how things ended with Bikram, I got like injured and then I got injured and I stopped Kundalini yoga because I had to practice Pilates for at least a year because it was my spine. Like I needed, I need my spine. And I thought Kundalini is quite intense. With the arm movements and the back and the moving. So I thought I have to do this for myself. I have to break free from it a little bit. And I did start, I did practice a few things like with, I I like Carolyn Cohen, I practice with her, but yeah. So yeah, I'll try and share some more things that like came to, came to like, like, and this, yeah, my intuitive pull. Cause I do think that's the funny thing on Kundalini Yoga. I think like you're told it's the yoga of awareness, but it almost like, dampens your awareness a little bit it dampens your intuition
0: isn't that strange like even saying that out loud feels so strange
1: yeah but it's almost very cleverly done and so with the like when I was um before COVID, I was teaching at a cafe and I had these posters put up and on it had quotes of Yogi Bhajan and then his name at the bottom. And then COVID happened and I was like, oh my God, I'm not gonna teach that. And I've just done the posters and Premkas come out. Obviously no one around me knows about any of this either. Like I'm lucky I've had I've had a few people that have been in this with me because otherwise it just feels like it's all you So yeah, so I had um, those printed and I realized like all of his quotes are sort of like a double blind. They sort of mean two things. Even like, oh, I'm not here to make students. I'm here to be- make teachers. That was him like making more teachers, making more money, making his name well-known even 20 years later or something. Like,
0: Yeah, right. And also sending very inequipped, untrained people out to teach a very high intensity, impactful um, practice that affects us in ways that we took his word for.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I remember hearing on a podcast recently about the whole thing about like we go to it thinking we're having all this like stillness and positive energy and stuff but we're really just having that dopamine and I was like that is so it and I remember because I'm actually staying at my parents and I was practicing a lot of my parents and I remember thinking like I was so rigid in my I have to do my 40 days I have to do this I have to eat this I have to do that and I was just like I didn't need to do any of that because like it does make you feel special in a sense. That's another thing that was brought up because you're wearing white and you've got your turban. And I remember on my teacher training, spoiler alert for anyone that's going to do it for <laughs> mine that <laughs> I did it where um, we did the coat and kriya and I was the last one in the room. Everyone else left. That was the whole thing. And I remember thinking like I'm the chosen one at the end, still doing it with my eyes closed. And it does, it makes you feel like that's a bit special. And yeah. And I think, I think it's funny because I thought to myself like I'm not into it like I haven't got a teacher because I've had so many like YouTubers and all of that but really I think I was very into it and I was very much like the person that wore white the person that read all his quotes read all his books and that's why it felt like such an unraveling because I realized oh my god um so many like things that I've just put aside Mm. yeah
0: Mm. Yeah, I just, I want to just pause on that teacher training note that this, the, the point you make about the double binding language, um, it's so fascinating because yeah, you know, different meanings are interpreted, which is essentially like, what happens, right? A different one consciousness will take in this meaning, another consciousness will take in that. And it lectures will have that like word salad, where it's just filled with bunch of things that are sounding really deep. But if you actually take it sentence for sentence, you can kind of be like, what does that mean, actually?
1: Yeah, yeah. And definitely, I used to listen to the library of teachings a lot. And at first, I was like, okay, this is good. But over time, like I I remember saying to my husband, like, I've just listened to one, and he's just talked about cake for like 20 minutes. Like, there's nothing to pick out. But you'd think there was from this beautiful spiritual teaching. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking that I, I was hearing his voice, and I was like, something really odd here like I can sense it but I don't
0: get it Mm. so on that right this idea that we're strengthening our intuition this is the yoga of awareness and there are a lot of qualities that fulfill that and then simultaneously this like subtle opposite of that simultaneously and so what I hear you saying is almost kind of like brushing the the thoughts like hmm, what was that well, no, brushing it across, no, and, and realize, yeah. wow, your, your system was alerting, but it was so kind of mixed up or convoluted, like, if it's talking intuition, then we think, oh, no, it is teaching me to connect to me where I'm feeling myself, and yet there can be another teaching wrapped up in that that actually negates that or the delivery of the way that information comes to the students suddenly negates the very thing of oh you have a direct connection say to god or to source yourself not yeah but wow. you need a teacher you're direct but you have to have a teacher that's a, for instance in another example that mm-hmm. it's confusing to the consciousness a little bit
1: yeah definitely and I think because I came into it at a time where I thought oh I'm independent I'm free now la 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 I was still building such a, a sense of self and I think it would have been more helpful just to Breathe and be have some stillness in those years, but I decided to like go for it, go for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of some more um, like teacher training examples. Um, I think the how because we did check-ins and the check-ins are quite deep, and like obviously people shared and then we just said Satnam, and that's the other thing actually. I did feel like every um, festival, every camp, everything, not camps, festivals I went to and things, there was like no Sangha. Everyone was doing their own thing. No one was talking to other, each other's friends. Hmm. Like for White Tantric, everyone would be like, I'm dealing with my own stuff. Like I understand, but if it had the Sikh, if it's got the Sikh Dharma in it, one key thing is you have Simra and you have Seva and you have Sangha. But I always wondered why that was missing. If it's a yoga and it's a union and everyone's supposed to be together.
0: So talk a little bit more about that, because I don't think a lot of listeners would have a real a understanding of Seva Simran, you know, like give us oh, an okay. example of what it means for you and then how it showed up in say Sikhi circles that you got connected with, but you didn't feel that within uh, um, the 3HO Dharma. Um, I just find that a really interesting point.
1: Okay. So, yeah. So, I I just feel that yeah so the festivals like everyone was doing their own thing and like practicing yoga but like I was on my own for instance and there was no opportunity to really like make friends or be around like everyone was very separate even if we were just dancing on in a field in white like we used to like whereas if I went to a siki camp people would like sit together we'd talk about topics on like I don't know, uh, Gabani or uh, our lifestyles and all kinds of things. And so you'd be there talking about life and like faith together. And I don't know that, and Simran is, um, like we doing Kundalini yoga, um, like singing, hey, Guru, why, Guru, that's Simran. Um, Seva is obviously helping like we do in teacher training and, um, yeah sangha is like holy company um so you can have sad sangha holy company and sangha is where your friends are someone and also you have that um relatedness of being in the same faith or doing the same thing so you have that kind of bond but i don't think there are any bonds and that's another thing when i first i almost went to a different teacher training but the person i was with who i went to one of the festivals with she was like, oh yeah, I was going to do this one, but I've quit because they're just asking me to do so much Saver. All of the course is Saver. And I was just like, no, I want to learn something. I want to, I'm not paying to like do Saver all the time. And that's mm-hmm. and that's one thing that kind of um, like came up. Yeah.
0: That's what I was going to say is my experience or, or my approach or thought of that was how SAVA, um how like within the festival or whether it's at Solstice, how Seva is kind of built into like the labor of get just attending as opposed to where is my devotion? right? Where do I get to uh, be devoted to experience Seva as a practice as opposed to I have to do this as a part of attending, which is fine on one aspect on one aspect, but then bringing up Sangit or Sangha, this idea that um, you know, Sangit is be- when you go to Sadhana together. When you're eating bread, you know, and yet what I hear you saying is even though those things were happening, we sat in the in the lines to eat or we went to sauna together, you weren't feeling an actual connectivity no. or the relational vulnerability of what it means to get to know people.
1: Yeah, to get to know people because we're saying the truth is within, I see the truth within you, but I don't, I don't know you. I'm just being polite and giving a greeting of some sense. Mm-hmm. So I always sense that there was something missing,
0: Very interesting. Very interesting.
1: Yeah so um so yeah so um when the Premka book came out I think things did crumble and like because I'm obviously not in any community it was like crumbling from the inside and luckily I had like someone on the phone where I was in the kitchen once and they were like talking to me about it and I just thought (laughs) thank god because it feels like I'm going insane because like, I'm not part of a like community, but I've done it on the side of it so much in my life because, like, I wore white a lot because I was teaching. But also, I would I think it's a gradual thing. Like, I remember you saying recently, like, um, you get told, oh, you look so nice in a Dastar. Like, so nice in a turban. You're so radiant. And he said that thing about being 17 times more radiant and stuff like that. So I'd be at the shop thinking, of, hey, you not doing Kundalini Yoga. And then I'd be like, I'd hear a YouTube thing like, oh, I need that in white from a yoga test. So I'd go out and buy the thing in white and I'd have a whole wardrobe of white. And I I went through this COVID, style. I went through my white clothes and I dyed them all purple. And then, and I went on like a photo shoot and I was wearing a black dress with white flowers. Cause I was like doing like a fuck you yogi version. Like I'm <laughs> wearing different clothes. And then Siki style, I wore Navy and I bought, bought like five dresses in Navy. Cause I was like, well, maybe I'll try this. And then I was just like, I'm going to wear whatever fucking color I want. You know what I mean? So, so now I'm shopping and I'm like, oh my god! But then obviously, no one knows. Like, I actually look like how I did before the Kundalini Yoga. I've got like the exact shirt somewhere, a pink one that I, I did before it, and I was like, this is so weird. No one knows all the journey
0: that happened. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
1: So, um, yeah. What point was I making?
0: Uh, um, yeah. just kind of how the veil started unraveling inside you after. Yeah. The book.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I also, I really, really felt for her because I'm sure in it, it said that she too was into her like creative practices and stuff like that. And it all got pushed aside. And I do feel like that was another thing. I feel like he really wanted kundalini yoga to be in everyone's focus, to be doing it at the class, at the house. And like, it doesn't, it leads, doesn't lead you to know what do you want? It's just like, you want to do kundalini yoga, that's it. Like it's very rigid, very one-pointed when um, it didn't match up with it being a householder. I I don't feel necessarily because it's like you're meant to be doing so much. Um, And loads of things just kind of came up, like even doing the sadhana where one of our legs is bent and we're chanting, I was like questioning like, why? Like in the teacher training, even if you questioned why, it was just kind of dismissed definitely it was always dismissed and i i get it they're here to train and they still train and it must be that people maybe don't want to dive into it because they've built a whole life upon teaching as well and i do get it that's their livelihood but the same if you look
0: at a little crack you suddenly it could really go so it's like unconsciously or unconsciously you don't want to look at the mini crack because the unravel can go into a real rabbit hole
1: and i just remember thinking like which career is true now? Is it all made up? Like, what what do I do? Um, and things like that. And yeah, it's just been, been crazy, yeah.
0: Mm. Mm. I find um, the subtlety of what you're talking about, like in the teacher trainings, I've heard this from more than one person and I experienced it in my own, um, but asking a question how teachers are either mystifying kind of creating this nostalgic history that kind of like mystical that kind of like, let me tell you the sweet story of when Yogi Bhajan was on his bedside and blah, 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 blah. And at that when when these senior teachers are telling these stories, it's as if they were there, whatever the thing is. And then a question's asked, right. And it's deflected or however. And it's, it's just so fascinating because like you're saying on one level we're taught you we have this masterful technology that's going to change the world so you do feel special and then you're wearing the white so there's like layers of ego building and yet at the same time as if there's like this extensive humility in it too and so it's like the opposites are like infused which is it's just interesting and you're bringing yeah. up a lot of that that nebulous that you can't touch but it's right there
1: yeah yeah definitely I mean I think sadhana's are beautiful in Kundalini training but I think anything can be a sadhana now that is my view I don't think we need to be doing loads of mantras I don't think we need to be doing a whole set I think anyone could do whatever they want as their sadhana like (laughs) because it is beautiful the mornings are beautiful um yeah i mean i definitely know what you mean to do with the teacher train like i did have wonderful trainers to be fair but a lot of it like was romanticized yeah like especially how oh he came to the the us and he was the i don't even know the truth of it because i hear oh he came to the us he was an airport person but then he saw these people and wanted to heal them blah 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 and while i was like okay that makes sense but why didn't he start doing it when he was like younger like why And then why has he suddenly got heart disease and diabetes and in a wheelchair, even though he's meant to be a yogi master? Like, (laughs) I mean, I know I'm not a doctor, these things happen, but at the same time, I was a bit like, this is a bit like karma coming back if something happened. And I I don't know, it just didn't, a lot of things just didn't sit right. But at the same time, I was just like, happy. I was like, high on so much yoga, like, Mm. yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and for the story to be woven that he was sick because he's taking everybody's energy on as opposed to being gluttonous, predatory, abusing, eating wrong, you know, not doing the very teaching. Like nobody thought that that could be it. Well, he's drinking diet soda on the stage every night, you know like these things even though they were in plain sight they weren't allowed to be questioned because he automatically had that master status and so it's just fascinating over the years how much got oversighted in the name of that mastery
1: yeah and I do um what was I gonna say yeah I do um think back to like when the book came out I was just like most obviously all the bad things happened but I was also like he's not practicing what he preaches and I can't stand that Mm. like I that's a one principle that I really adhere to like yeah I might be Sikh but I'm not telling you like loads of things because I'm not here to preach to you I'm not I'm not perfect so I'm not gonna give that to you do you know what I mean like totally yeah so I'd rather just be real and if he's suddenly saying like um, and that's another thing, because he'd be like, oh, I'm trying to empower women. But then it's like, well, no, it feels like they're squashed down, like under all these layers. Um, so, like, you can't do both things.
0: And yet both are really there. And then if you're asked that, then automatically one can go into the teachings of polarity. Well, we're not talking about the fact that polarity exists. Of course it exists in the universe. We're asking why what you just said contradicted something else you just said. <laughs> But in a setting where you're the student and this is this elevated teacher and the teachings kind of have this idea that when you find your teacher, don't question the teacher. Follow yeah. You will only have one teacher. And that, at least in my upbringing, it always felt so contradictory to the base wisdom of Guru Nanak that said, you're direct. So yeah. I remember always feeling a little contradiction around they said you have to choose your teacher, and I was like, "Hmm."
1: Yeah, it's almost as if he did run on the whole thing, where like obviously Gurunand spoke a lot about truth, but you have to be truthful in order to live a true life. <laughs> like, <laughs> but it's almost as if he put himself in that stance and was like, "Okay, IMC, I am." See, I do wonder. I don't know if you um, found it when you are growing up but he he was obviously Punjabi Sikh and a lot of. There weren't, there was just like, not Punjabi Sikhs around him. I do wonder if people came to him because he was this magnifying mystical character. Like Punjabi people can have this like really amazing like, persona and stuff like
0: that. Have you ever seen some of his early pictures in 1969? I mean, he was one good-looking dude, you know? Talk yeah. about good-looking Punjabi. Yeah, I mean, come on. We know there's good... <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean like, 1969, it's like, 1969 so... and his, like, turban, and he, you know, nice, good look. And I think Premka's book, the Premka book, described that, like, the magnetism yeah. of his energy, and that, like, she spoke about being violated in that first class, and yeah. like any good woman you know, good woman were questioning, was that really just violation? I mean, I know he just put his hand on my breast, but maybe he didn't really mean to. Maybe, maybe he sees and so the the prey energy internally goes off to say, Oh, maybe that wasn't actually sexual violation. And, you know, and I thought the book really spoke to that. Like I think anybody Yeah in that a just body-
1: made me go like oh my God, it's from the first instance like she's thinking like, this must be a test. And I'm like, no, no, he's pushed the boundaries. Like, no, no, no. Like, yeah. And the fact that she was in bow pose for a long time, I was like, oh my goodness. Like, yeah, it really did open things up like that. Definitely. Yeah. Well, and but, yeah. then that
0: first day, you know, getting an assignment to translate something or to write something, whatever that was in her book, I found, again, all those things very fascinating because, it's a part of her own memoir. It's like irrelevant whether somebody believes it or not. The point yeah. is it's like, wow, if you really feel that experience, we've all had an experience where we were in a violated exper- situation and didn't really know. Yeah, huh? and
1: that's another thing. I suppose it's like quite small, but like in the teacher training, he was mentioned a lot, but he had so many female staff who did translate the jupti, for example, and none of that was mentioned and over half the class are female. So if you're going to, like empower people, why not include the early people who actually helped bring kundalini yoga or like did something really significant? Cause that, I thought, oh my goodness, like she did such, like, it's not easy translating something like that. It's not at all. And she worked so hard on that. And I was like, wow. Yeah.
0: Mm. Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, So if I hear you right, you were teaching kundalini yoga, practicing a lot, definitely more into the Sikh lifestyle um, and had kind of changed your life and really felt more about the Sikhi path, but you were still practicing and interweaving kundalini yoga as a part of your regular routine. And that is what got pierced in 2020. So that changed after the book?
1: yeah definitely so obviously I, I literally couldn't practice any yoga because I'd, I'd hurt myself
0: but that was before but, the book
1: oh no that was like a bit after like all, oh, that kind of all happened at the same time it was like a tidal wave interesting like, <laughs> um, fascinating all happened at the same time and then COVID hit and like I think because of many people finding COVID like you, you're forced to deal with stuff because you're outside your n- normal thing and I suppose I did do some classes online and I noticed like someone that had trained with us, but then they had to stop because they were ill. So they trained like two years later. I joined their classes and all the people were freshly white. Hang on a sec. Freshly in white, freshly like, and we were all like rolling up in our tops, like with our cups of teas, like it's the class starting. Like, and I was just like, whoa, like, um, yeah, like little things like that really, stuck out. So yeah, I'd I stop and I think I decided like I'm just gonna sit here and breathe. Like and I think I found some stillness in in that. Um but it did feel strange to like let go of Kundinok because it's like is it is it gonna like affect me? Like am I gonna be able to concentrate, focus, still be this amazing humble person (laughs) whatever. Um so yeah I think I even said to my husband, I was like and I stopped listening to lots of um, music, Western music, which I love. And I have gone back to listening to it, like snartum core and, and all that. Um, I said to him, I think I'm gonna let the Kundalini Yoga go a bit. And he was like, good, great gee, that's that's great with me. <laughs> like, like, and I was like really like nervous to say that. Um, and yeah, he was kind of like, he was like, I'm glad you're not doing your mad ones. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> although we often went to workshops together and things like that. Um, there was a, it's not actually that big in the UK I don't feel like there are a few centers in London there was a joy yoga studio that opened before um and that was kind of the central point people went to I mean yeah 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 I, and it is it's strange I do think that it, it maybe it's better that people just maybe try out a class and going all in is definitely like it's gonna take some unraveling and undoing, which is what I'm doing. now. that's even making me, I question some parts of Sikhi as well. Um, and like how I was just so rigid and I've just become a lot more relaxed and um, like asking what I want. Like I know what yoga bhajan wants. I know what the Kundalini people are saying. I know what my friend wants. I know my husband wants, but what do I want? I think that's what's missed out a lot throughout my journey.
0: Mm. Where are you in yeah. that narrative, right? And your narrative of your life.
1: Yeah. And that's the like he said, it's the funny thing, because you think you're doing this yoga, you're being spiritual, you're eating all this healthy food, but actually, like, are you ignoring who you are just because you're following something that's, like, in a textbook, like, yeah,
0: with... I just, I can't say what you're saying is important enough. Like it's so radically important when it comes to like our nervous system well-being to be like, where am I? Where am I in this? Because what I have learned specifically, what I used to think was bringing me to my center by practicing Kundalini yoga, I realized wasn't actually my center. It was what I had been trained to believe was my will but I had been severed from my own will. I couldn't feel me. I couldn't feel myself in there, but I had been trained that that was myself. So if if I think, well, and so like what you're bringing up when you say, well, I'm thinking of giving this up, but what if this, what if this, what, it, what all those fear thoughts is what I started noticing. As soon as I kind of was like, where am I? I'd be like all these fear thoughts. Oh, but this might happen. And I was like, Why am I swirling in fear when I say, "Oh, I'm not going to do this practice"? Because if I was really coming to me, I wouldn't be operating from this deep scarcity or fear place.
1: Yeah, wow, that's so true. And I do think it's amazing, like um, one's podcast, for example, because you've got people that were like born in three HO, like you were, and other people that came into three HO very early, and then. I do think like for example i came into it so like in the 2000s or whatever but it still hugely affected me so like that he had that power he had that his name on everything tea bags and everything to like influence so many generations and yeah that's why i thought i'd come forward because there could be someone out there who like me was like should i do teacher training will it help me and actually give it some thought like don't rush like you know do yeah
0: to keep yourself in the equation is what I hear you're saying like stay steady and feel you and make these choices from this place of like radiating from you yeah and, and I think- yet know that the teaching itself is kind of like seductive and drawing you out of you to say oh those aren't you this is the real you and we have this special thing that can help you feel special and change the world
1: yeah yeah precisely yeah Um. it's so
0: subtle and i think that what you're bringing up throughout this whole episode is so beautiful because it's like truth wrapped in deception and then deception wrapped in truth and both exist And it's somewhat why I I am really adamant that these types of conversations have to be spoken. Because just taking his name out of the teachings doesn't take a lot of the predatory practices that are infused in the operating system or the ethos that he created. And a lot of the teachers are parroting that because they've learned to do that. It's not because they they want to. Mm. I think they're just perpetuating it because they actually... It's like we teach what we think is right until we get our veil pierced and realize, oh my God, it wasn't what I thought it was.
1: Yeah, and it's it's so funny because throughout my being a teacher, I'm quite glad that there was no one I taught that was like me who went all in. Everyone mm-hmm. wore black. Everyone seemed a bit more like woken up to the fact, like what, what is she? Like what? I mean, at the time I wore a star and I was unseek um, anyway, but so I thought I kind of tried to separate it, but I really. I just thought to myself, these people aren't like how they were in the very beginning. They they're just like, mm-hmm. like it was it's just interesting. And also I did just remember in the training there was a Traticum medication, a meditation. And that's another thing we were told
0: to do. Explain that for the listeners.
1: Okay, so Trataka meditation, as I know it, is in the manual. There's a picture of Yogi Bhajan and they've like cut out his face. They cut out his face. He's got his beard and turban. It's
0: like one of the most hypnotic pictures you'll ever see. He has this like (laughs) weird gaze.
1: Yeah, he's got like little whites in his eyes. And (laughs) we were told to like put it in a frame and sit there and like look at the whites of his eyes and like meditate on it. And for some bizarre reason, I thought, yeah, I can try it. So my family kind of like go with the flow. Like I could be doing something weird, like a tracker of medication in the living room. And they're just like, Oh, Alice is okay. So anyway, so I was doing that. And then I was just like, looking at it thinking, this is ridiculous. I'm looking at a man's eyes and I can just look at the sun outside and get a much better like viewpoint. <laughs> like, and I think that is a saving grace. Can you imagine if I did that for 40 days?
0: <laughs> yes, I can imagine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like great. Yeah. So so like things like that, like were a bit like, hmm. And I think nowadays, like especially in London, you wouldn't like associate things like this to do with a, a cult because people have a perception that cult is like in a community. Like you don't um like you're all together. But actually you can just be in your own life and suddenly all these teachings can like encompass you and change everything and I think with the wellness industry now it is almost like oh you're you're not feeling great let's go and do this let's fix you let's heal you um especially and I think a lot of people can just not absorb things as well like they'll just hear something and then repeat it There's no
0: integration. They're just like workshop jumping, training jumping, and never actually letting any of the information infuse and change them. There's
1: another thing I noticed from um, Kundalini festivals is that it was all go, 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 and whereas I've been to like a retreat, for example, before where you could go to a few workshops, then you could stay in your room and you could um, relax and reflect, and you know, and you could integrate things. Whereas there wasn't any of that. I wasn't even encouraged. Um, oh my um, god!
0: I, I have to say at the European Yoga Festival I felt the same thing. It was like I found it so funny that everybody was racing to go to a yoga class. <laughs> you know, like I was like there were people outside the tents. Yeah, the stressy energy around getting to the next place because, like you're saying, everything's back to back and.
1: Yeah, and you get these booklets, and you're like, I'm gonna go to this one, and then like, this one's at half three, and this one's at four, four thirty. So maybe I can go to both. And
0: yeah, and you're, and um, I remember by my third year there, my practice was literally like, I don't have to do everything. I'm gonna walk everywhere I go. You know, and it was like trying to slow that exact point down. Of, yeah,
1: yeah. Da, 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 da. It's interesting because at the festival, I had to slow things down because I was pregnant. And it was hot. I can't believe how hot it gets in that area. Um, so I, I couldn't do all the white tantrics and I couldn't, I just had to sit by a tree lots and eat this like soup <laughs> with oranges and all this. So I think there's another blessing I had to, I've, I've learned to slow down and not rush and not feel like I have to do, do this, the yoga all the time in my life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and it's so fascinating because again, on one level, like discipline and, you know, having yeah. really powerful practices that help you change your inner state, like how beautiful. And yet when that rigidity becomes like the base where there's like this anxious, I have to do this. And what will happen if I don't do that? It, it's so, it's so interwoven. It's like, again, good and bad all in there. And it makes you yeah, lose self-trust instead of gain it. It's a little odd. Yeah.
1: And also I had a lot of questions, but I had nowhere to put them. And often people would tell me things, but I was just like, I didn't mm. get it. Like I'd have a friend that would say, Oh, Kundalini is, energy is different from Kundalini yoga. And for a while I was like, how? Like, I do not get it. And it wasn't until like our friendship ended and things like that. Cause I don't speak to anyone I do my yoga with anymore. And um, i realized now that any, like other things can bring up Kundalini energy, like not just Kundalini yoga. Like, but you don't realize that cause you get told like stay an ego eradicator for 10 minutes, that's gonna boost everything. So you think, okay, I've got 10 minutes. I'll sit down and do this. Like, and just like little things like that. Yeah. And also it was really relieving when I came out of the Kundalini Yoga, oh, this is falling off. This is coming off um, <laughs> um, with the Kundalini Yoga music. I said to my husband, do you know what? It's so nice to be able to sing along to this in the car without waving my arms around. And without jumping up and down, I can just listen to it and sing along. And that's how things should be in this. In, when you listen to like Kirtan, it's very meditative and a contemplative state. And it's almost as if, yeah, it sounds cool and Western and hip, but at the same time, if you can't hear the words and if it's making you like super, super elevated, you're not getting the experience of the Gabbani in the first place.
0: Mm, the sound current actually penetrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally.
1: Yeah so that was another thing that really yeah I keep having these little realizations that I sometimes share with my husband
0: yeah so interesting um now what year were you at the European Yoga Festival I think we overlapped
1: I think yeah 2018 it must have been the summer yeah
0: yeah I remember that year so hot um I was there 2016 17 and 18 oh it was that last year that I became hyper aware of like what felt like to me was Like marketing into Siki, where like they would they would do they would be like after white tantric yoga, anybody who wants to take amrit come to the backstage and blah 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 blah, and it was almost like this little infomercial, and it was all about you know get to the gurdwara, you know come and understand why you should take amrit, and I think amrit is such a beautiful choice, and I think practicing Siki is such a beautiful choice, and yet where I found myself quite um tangled inside was it felt like a marketing funnel get people into kundalini yoga and onto the sikhi path and being that your process was that you've connected more to to sikhi i'm wondering your feeling on that
1: yeah so like i've always kind of wondered that i suppose kundalini and Sikh, Sikh dharma that's attached to kundalini yoga and yeah like i said earlier like um, there was people that were like Catholic, and they were like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm Catholic, strictly Catholic. And then there'll be people that were like, yeah, okay, I read the Japji, and actually it's helping my life a little bit. But obviously, I was like the one like, Japji. So, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I do, I think there's such a big overlap. And I do wonder in these times we're in now, like, does it need to be separated more? Because it's, it's very together, and you've got to understand that it's a, it's a, it's a faith. And like, it, I don't. Sometimes I do wonder if it's too washed down. Fair enough, people cannot uh, need to understand it. And like, ekonka might be oneness, and that is the essence of it. But when it's too watered down, that's that's not the point of it.
0: Um, yeah, well, and it feels very offensive to, at least for me, but, it feels very offensive yeah, think- to have students in a class wearing some sort of a half sheet on their head tied all like crappy in some direction and they're feeling so much more holy because they yeah. decided to put this white piece of cloth on their head, like that we're perpetuating that in a teacher training to me takes away from the the history, the long historical nature of where Siki came from and it being a 500 year old plus religion and, you know, just throwing Jupji in there and then brand new students have no idea the real quality or history or yeah. understanding this as a prayer.
1: And then they think, oh, this is Kundalini, but no, it's actually Sikhi. This is a yes. whole faith on its own. And um, and that's the other thing, I I know she's just passed, so maybe it's not the best timing, but um, so I started learning online from Guru Jagat and I liked her talks, but I was really realizing how like they were just kind of like waffling and, um, what does gravity. that mean? Waffling. Oh, waffling. <laughs> it's just like you know, like going on and on, like not really going anywhere. Like that's word new salad. Going, new yeah. word for you. So, <laughs> so um, so yeah, they were just waffling, and then you'd like, but you'd really listen, and she, if she said like, oh, the Saturn finger can't have a ring on it, then you'd be like, okay. Like she was very influential, and I remember watching videos of Hari Harjiva and what his name is so. He would do t- teacher training videos because I watched a clip where he the teacher training was literally how to word his, Go Yogi Bhajan's quotes, like how to literally say it so that someone would listen, and I was like, no way,
0: no way,
1: and I was like, oh my, and these people were really doing it, and I was like, oh my god, this is madness, and um, so yeah, I do think what were we saying? I've gone way off course here. Um, Yeah, I was talking about Gurujaga and how I got into her, but then, ah, this is it. So she, she's got, she got accused of like watering down Siki and stuff like that, because she was putting like mantras due with like making loads of money, having loads of sex, having orgasms. And it's like, that is not what Gabani is for.
0: Like, he was saying, do this mantra for all those things. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like have the best orgasm on your date. Like it, and I was just like showing my husband and he was just like, oh, my God, she's going to get like, that's terrible for, for Sikhs, like Sikhs, practicing Sikhs. Like, and I do think back, like, to when we were told, um, like, oh, yoga Bhajan used to get hate in India and all that. And I think like, and now I think no wonder right. like, through him. But back then I was like, oh, that's so sad. And when I was doing white tantric, they were like, there's gonna be some protesters outside, be careful. And I was like, oh my God, how dare they? Like, but now I get it. Like a lot of like these little things came up and no wonder like Sikhs can like get a bit like, because I even got, when I was at somewhere, I was at a farm, I had like a nice dress on and like a pink to at the time. And um, I got told, oh, you were 3HO. And I was like, like, like and he didn't mean it in any offense and the person I was with Govinda kind of like stepped in like because he could see I was panicking like and yeah so I do feel that like if we've gone down the path of like I I, I get that people want to make money and have like a successful life that's great but when it's put so much emphasis on like material like things like that it's just like that really it's almost disrespectful to the Gabani. and I do think that when I first um festivals as well. There was like Shakti dance and Kundalini Clubbing. And now I think like I think those things fizzled out and they died. But um at the same time, like again, it's not really scripture that you're meant to dance to. It's meant to be enjoyed. Mm. So that's another thing that gets to me now. Mm-hmm. But I was really interwoven and I I tried like yeah I was one of those I'm not gonna lie, I was one of those people in the in a field wearing white dancing yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's whole bodies of work that people have created that then are trying to, you know, make certain things adaptable and the next level of making it relatable, you know. And yet the appropriation of this, you know, it's like it starts somewhere and then it just continues down this long appropriated path to where now people are paying for a name. That, you know, I didn't know how horribly offensive it was because unconsciously I was, I was rooted in the narrative that Yogi Bhajan had done something special by bringing this to the U.S. And that we were this group of special people that got knowledge pre most Punjabis, like even that narrative is so sick to me now
1: oh yeah
0: we were given special knowledge that historic historical Sikhs didn't get and so he gave us a narrative that was better than the Punjabis which then trying to get Punjabis into Kundalini you know and the mishmash once again it's a little bit of truth mixed with a little bit of not truth and it's all infused and it's confusing
1: yeah and I do wonder if the trainings have changed like like you said with the japji being in the trainings i mean obviously it's a beautiful morning time prayer but at the same time it's mainly read by practicing sikhs
0: That to me is horribly offensive so that you get a brand new yoga student in and you're saying a part of this yoga is now a principle is using the tongue on the upper palate yogically right this affects Mm -hmm. the glands. so how powerful but then to tie in you need to read japji so that your tongue moves no understand the context of this historical prayer and that there's lots of say historical ancient languages that create sound current in our mouth in a certain way but at least connect the two don't just hijack the religious practice and infuse it and then give a new yoga because now a new yoga student's out saying i'm reading this kundalini prayer no that isn't a kundalini prayer it's a sikh prayer and it's one of the founding ones
1: yeah, yeah. I think that's why I, I went to that, the Sikhi, like side of things, because I was like, wait a minute, this Kundalini, I, I don't think I can justify, oh, I wear Kundalini thing on my head just for good energy. No, 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 there's something deeper here. So that's where I think I went to it from, which is a blessing, because it, it's funny, because I do think, was he trying to just get people into Sikhi as well? Like, I'm not sure about that, because it's like, it's again, it's like, why? And if you question it in the teachings, they're just told you're just told, like, oh, that's how we do it. That's what's done. And it's just like but look why? Like it's like someone else doing a yoga and then reading, I don't know, some other scripture in there, like and not being into it. And yeah.
0: It is. I just find it so fascinating. And like you brought up earlier, you didn't even know Japsaib, you know? Well, you know, there were Kundalini Kriyas where you're bowing to Japsaib and Japsaib's playing, but you didn't necessarily learn to read it the same way or understand the the full scripture or where it fit in within the Bonnies. You didn't get a real context. Yeah, because
1: there's... um, I might get this wrong now. So you have like five morning prayers and he's basically he's basically, I, I do feel like he basically took mantras from all the five morning prayers, and there was a bit in our teacher training where we got told, "Oh, yeah, he does all his morning prayers, and he does rare us at the same time." Rare us is an evening prayer. Evening prayer. <laughs> you doing in the morning just to get out of the way, like, <laughs> like what? Like, but anyway. So, <laughs> so yeah, you have side which is is covered in a few uh, Kundalini tracks actually, and it's very upbeat. It's meant to be like a like, um I'm like not a warrior, but it's meant to be like an upbeat one. Um, And again, it's something you you want to develop, you want to actually the other thing I got into Siki. so I was like, I looked all the translations so I can I can't read the gabbani, but I can read the the um like phonetic version and I can look at the English so because it's another thing I do feel like things just get watered down or they just get lost in translation. So always look at the translation to see if it resonates mm. as well. Yeah.
0: Mm, very interesting. Very interesting. Um, yeah. So when all of this came out in 2020, and you had already found fell down the stairs and started having epiphanies to stop practicing, obviously you've been a part of the Sikh faith and married a, a Sikh man. Um, the question I was going to ask was when things, when more stories started coming out. Obviously, not all of that was public. But then the AOB report. Did you read that? Did you read? Yeah, that?
1: so I did. So I was on the. Well, there was a like a group, wasn't there on Facebook? It's probably the so Facebook,
0: around. the K, Yeah, exactly. The Beyond the Cage group is what it's yeah, called now.
1: I was on that, and I read people's stories, but it was just like, it was kind of heartbreaking, and it wasn't helping. And my thing is, if it's if it's not helping and it's hurting, I'm gonna stop eventually. So I did. I clo. I just stepped away from the group, but I wanted to just see what else was out there, and I liked. There was like this thing with like loads of descriptions like spiritual bypassing and all that. So I could kind of gather some more technology, not technology, sorry, knowledge from those (laughs) technology, scientific technology. Um, So I could kind of gather some more things from there. And then, yeah, I was reading the report and then it kind of, everyone was like writing their things in it. So I left it alone. I remember being on the phone and saying to my friend Govinda, like, oh my God is like, I've read the report and like people were forced to shave. That does not make sense in Siki. Like, keep your body hair if you want to practice being a Sikh. Like, well, some people do, some people don't. I'm not judging that at all. But at the same time... You we know well, that
0: one of the primary tenets is to not yeah. put your body hair.
1: Yeah. So I was like, how can he be... Anyway, and it's how can he be Sikh and be telling that? And all the things about, like, homophobia and, like, um like just sexual abuse and all of these things. And... Um, and yeah, and some people will be like, oh, some people have made it up and they've just, anyone can write it down. But even my friend Govinda, for example, he was like, I know someone in Spain and yeah, I believe their story. So it was, so he, like at the same time, like while I get people might make things up, I was like, no, there's some, definitely some truth here. Finally, we all talk about truth and the truth is coming out more. Like everyone's intuitive pulls that got pulled down have come to the surface, thankfully. Mm. Um so, yeah, I did read that. And that again, that was heartbreaking. And I, I couldn't like really read it. But I did I did read what I could. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And just to point out that there were like different people writing in that were basically saying the same story happened to them. They didn't all talk to mm-hmm. each other. So there were multiple mm-hmm. women who told had, had their private parts shaved, you know, and he had actually said to one of them, um, all your second chakra karma will be gone when you shave your pussy hair. Right. So like how psychosomatically confusing that we grow up in this culture, learning how reverent, I mean, to cut our hair was the biggest deal. There's still fear in so many of us to get to break beyond that, just like anybody who was born a Sikh that grew up learning that it's a it's not an easy any fundamentalist religion to break out of what seems very basic for the average person out there is not to break out of fundamentalism
1: yeah so it was like it was just like and there were patterns like you said there were patterns this person had this and I was like there's a pattern here you deny it
0: they didn't come they didn't all get together and then share they all shared anonymously directly
1: and I do think there is like the whole thing where obviously there was like an inner circle and then there was other people and then there was other people attending the festivals having a wonderful time but behind the scenes all this stuff was going on and people didn't talk to each other and and things like that, because like of it was like an age of denial as like Guru Singh wrote when it was all happening, which is I think is true in that sense.
0: Hmm. Yeah, very interesting. So you did read that, started noticing, like, wow, that's some serious stuff. So then what now? Where are you at now? Um, yeah,
1: so now I've like um uh, where am I now? Um I think so yeah basically I'm just enjoying my life a bit more like (laughs) um even coming to my parents house I used to be so rigid like I used to just like they used to walk on eggshells a little bit because I'd be like this has to be like this this has to be the right bread this has to be (laughs) like I have to do my yoga in the morning and things like that um so I'm a lot more relaxed um kind of go with the flow more Obviously, a child, you have to go with the flow. Otherwise, you have to surrender to something. Otherwise, you're just going to go crazy. So, um, yeah, so I'm enjoying being present with her. Um, Yeah, and although, like, I'm Sikh, um, I'm definitely... um, I'm kind of rediscovering it again. Mm. So I really... Because I feel like it was all tainted, in a sense, Mm. where I covered my head, and then I went went straight to this, and I went straight to this. Whereas now I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to take my own route to it I'm going to learn things again and and like really start over in a sense so and I'm I'm making art again um, uh, <laughs> I had something happen like recently where I couldn't change it and I was really annoyed and I had to leave this job very suddenly and it brought me into such a rage like a healthy Obviously, I didn't hurt anyone like I was in a safe container of rage, but it brought out it brought me out. It's like I had to experience that rage in order to recreate again and not do any drawings of yoga poses. I was like painting the colors and drawing girls again. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
1: that's that's really fun. And it just feels like a kind of like everything is like circular. You kind of mm. go with it. Yeah.
0: I want to highlight that last point you just brought up around as you got into your art, you were able to access rage in your body and and you weren't able to like get to a place where you wanted to explore again for the first time till that rage got accessed. And it's to me what that felt like for me hearing that was like coming back home to your own emotional body and your humanity that how I feel matters. I'm not trying to get beyond my feeling. I want to yeah, be fully yeah. here and explore with that childlike curiosity.
1: Yeah. And I think I really had to just let myself feel that because I'm someone that's like, oh, no, I'm going to be nice and happy and good. But I was like, no, I'm going to feel this. I'm not going to I'm not going to layer it over with yoga. I'm just going to feel this. And, you know, it's opened me up again to, mm-hmm. to everything.
0: I think that's just so beautiful. I think it's a very important thing for listeners to hear in that it's a trauma-informed approach to spirituality and yoga, in that historically, for thousands and thousands of years, we've kind of learned to, like, bypass over the humanity of how we're feeling in our body, whether it's with ritual or whether it's with a practice or this or that. And there might be amazing techniques, but techniques aren't meant to bypass ourselves. They're meant to help us access ourselves more. So thank you thank you for really yeah, thank you for
1: listening and having me on here it's been great you're so wonderful and so smiley i just love it
0: um thank you um do you have anything last you want to share with listeners or anything less that you want to express no, I about your experience? So just
1: yeah just be yourself you know just do your thing like yeah like, follow your true north or your true star or whatever calling it is. But go slowly and, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Stay with yourself. Um, I want to just mention that you had brought up Carolyn Cohen. And she oh, yeah. was one of um, the the women I remember meeting at uh, mm. uh, European Yoga Festival. She, like, ran the food lines or something. So she really commanded the space. But soon after all this came out in 2020, I know she was one of the first – people that just start, she was making her own teacher training, like uh, rewriting the teacher manuals, taking out all kind of the religious dogma stuff and kind of focusing more in on the practices of the yoga base, but, ex- um, extracting. So I just wanted to put that out there because.
1: Yeah, I know that she, I do find that because when I was doing her classes on Vimeo, they were just so like, there was nothing. It was just like, so great. Like, and I've always sensed that about her. And I do feel like I used to just say that in closing, um, I do feel like some teachers, they could see the storm coming, and they changed a few things. Mm. Some of us didn't, and the storm came.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I mean, she was, a, a, a came, she was like one of the head people leading LGBTQ and, you know, lesbian. And I mean, I just love yeah. that she was fully rooted in self and didn't mind who she offended. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's that, you know, it's like keep yeah. self. In anywhere we go, right? And anywhere we go, cults aren't going away. Predator religions aren't going away. Practices, people, communities. But we get better at better at maintaining and keeping ourselves while learning. And, and like you said, going slow. Take your time. Yeah. Ask questions. Notice <laughs> what happens when you ask questions. Mm. <laughs> all these little things read some things on cults so you can uh, check the one-on-one list yeah <laughs> oh I love it thank you Todd um tell us about your song
1: oh yeah my song is stay gold by first aid kit um there was a time uh I was in between the training and I was at loads of festivals on my own and I was like just experimenting wearing all kinds of clothes orange bikini like I was yeah, I love. It was a great time, and I listened to this song, and they were playing on stage. And I just, when I'm driving in the car, I just think it's such a great song. Like, just to, like, I don't know, stay gold. It's just, uh, I think it's a great track, and it really brings me back to that that happy time. And I'm rediscovering the girl in the orange bikini, even though I'm not wearing one anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right, so let's go ahead and listen. Um, to your chosen song here it is Stay Gold by First Aid Kit so once again we don't listen to the whole song um, because of copyright but you can listen to the Uncomfortable Conversations playlist on Spotify so here we go it goes down i beautiful thank you so much for that track thank you so much for being on the podcast harin appreciate you you
1: oh it's lovely chatting to you
0: once again this concludes another episode of the uncomfortable conversations podcast the untold stories of the 3ho kundalini yoga community If you'd like to contribute to this broadcast, you can make a one-time or monthly donation at gurunishan.com forward slash uncomfortable conversations. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to me at gn at gurunishan.com. You can also subscribe, follow, and support my work of provocative truth-telling at gurunishan.com. Thank you again for listening. Please like, share, and review this podcast. Share it with a friend on your favorite podcasting platform, and we'll see you again on the next episode.